Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we could start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test and then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me because I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with zero dollars in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this to being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that Today's guest is Dylan. I love chatting with him. He has such a cool story. So he is the founder of a nonprofit called the Live for Another. And the story behind this organization is so cool and so powerful. So he was in college and he gets this call from his friend and his friend got diagnosed with cancer. And they were telling him he has maybe a year left. So Dylan was doing his econ homework and he gets this call and he goes on this call and he's kind of like shocked by this call. 
And then he was continues to do his econ homework afterwards and then he realizes oh my gosh like I might only have a year or something left with this person I need to cherish and really live full out this year and it doesn't make sense for me to do this econ homework right now so he goes and he drops out of college he goes with his friend they go on this journey of completing his friend's bucket list doing all these crazy adventures all over the world meeting celebrities they create these videos the videos go viral and their story It goes all over the world and it's so incredible how they've been able to spread kindness and been able to spread how we can live for another and how we can live for one another and just bring this whole ray of sunshine and ray of kindness into the world and they've done all these really cool projects for all these different people. We go into Lexi's story and how they met off of Reddit and buying billboards and creating the world's largest trash can. And they have so many cool stories and so many cool adventures that they've gone on. We talk about making kindness go viral, how he's been able to cultivate this really strong community and so much more. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started. So thank you so much, Dylan, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Love to start. Tell me about your 20s so far. Feel free to include any shit show moments. Let's start there. Yeah, I, it's been a roller coaster for sure. I feel like going into my 20s, it was like when I was 19 is when a lot of crazy stuff happened. And then I'm just kind of now riding that wave. And it's weird to say my, my 20s because I'm not even halfway through yet. <laughs> but yeah, I guess the big moment was like when I was 19, sort of towards the end, or maybe it was around my 20th birthday now that I think about it I don't remember but the point being that I kind of got launched into a period Um, so since then the past two years have been trying to ride that momentum in a way where you know I think a lot of people they go they have like 20s are awesome right coming out of high school going through college and stuff like a lot of big stuff happens my big thing made me realize like what I'm passionate about and want to keep going so now it's just been the uphill battle of like making that work I was very lucky to figure out what I want to do in my life early on not so lucky and that I need to make it happen. <laughs> and what, what was it that happened? Yeah. So that was, I, I guess it's kind of weird too, because technically it didn't start when I was 19. My friend, my childhood best friend we met in fourth grade has constantly been kind of going through bouts with cancer. But when I was 19, I was going, going to UC Davis here in California, kind of just doing the thing that every 19, 20 year olds doing really, you know, the normal thing. But then he called me and said, Hey, it's back. This time, the doctor said that it's a little bit more aggressive than the last time. And they've given me a terminal prognosis of one to two years. And that, I wish I could say that hit me like a ton of bricks, but it kind of just hit me like, okay, yeah. You know, I guess it didn't make a lot of sense at first, but I specifically remember when he told me that I, you know, we ended the phone call a few minutes later and then I kind of went right back to my econ homework. And then a few minutes later, I'm like, this is the stupidest thing that I could be doing right now. Like if this person that's meant a lot to me through my entire life truly is going to pass in the next one to two years, or even, you know, just battling cancer, like I'm not going to spend that time doing econ homework. Like that's not the way I want this to, to go. So I made the, de- the decision with his support to drop out of college. And basically the idea was we were going to work together to make our shared bucket list possible in the time that we had left. And so we put together a little video describing that idea, describing our friendship, some of the things we had been through, and we put it out on the internet. It went ridiculously viral. Our original plan was to go fundraising door to door to be able to do these things. And then we posted the video and a day later, we had companies reaching out to us. We had news organizations. And really what that meant was our entire bucket list 
became possible. <laughs> we had the very naive dream of going to space, which we still haven't been, unfortunately, but a great example of like the ridiculous viral sensation that it became. We actually got a private tour of SpaceX, which is the closest we're going to get to leaving the atmosphere. Like, let's be honest with ourselves here. <laughs> but it was really cool. And just things like that, right? A bunch of people saw our video and they wanted to be a part of the experience. I guess everyone knows somebody with cancer and they use that as some, like a, a springboard to reach out to us and help us. And it was awesome. We did a lot of really cool stuff. We met celebrities. We um, did a whole bunch of like random adventures. We did like a backflip in a helicopter at one point. But then we kind of set our eyes on number four and that was like the big life-changing experience. Number four was to break a world record. We, my friend, he had cancer. Uh, well, yeah, cancer, specifically leukemia, which kind of meant that the objective in his fight was to find a bone marrow donor, a perfect genetic match to, to do the transplant with. And that turns out to be tough. We thought we could break the world record for the most bone marrow donor signups. So we put together a little social media campaign to try to break that world record. We ended up beating it. Over 13,000 people joined the bone marrow registry. And then it would come to find out that one of those people, some random stranger that saw our little social media videos was the match that he needed. And then he was able to enter, he was able to go through the transplant, successful treatment, all that sort of stuff. He's in remission now. And you know, <laughs> I was told the story so many times that I'm kind of rushing through to it. But the reality was like at the time, it, in a lot of ways, like our naive dreams of just living out our bucket list and being really honest with people on the internet turned into a really spectacular moment. And like, not even dramatizing it resulted in him beating cancer, which is something that may not have happened if we weren't sort of like vulnerable and stuff. So I learned a lot about a whole bunch of different things going through that. And now really what came out of it is like being honest on the internet is something that not a lot of people do, but I believe if we do it, we can really help people. And so that's kind of what I'm trying to do now with Live for Another. That's our goal as an organization is kind of just have fun, be honest and try to help people through that. That was the uh, very long elevator pitch. Maybe it's like 200 stories we just went up together, but. <laughs> and while you were like getting that news that your best friend is going through that, how do you take that? And how do you not get caught up in like, this may be my last one to two years with this person? Him and I, we both have pretty dramatic senses of humor. We self-deprecate each other all the time. Like we're really bad people to each other. <laughs> but what that meant in this situation was it wasn't a matter of like, oh, what if he passes? It was more like, dude, you're dying. <laughs> There's a little bit of making fun of him for that, which is like really messed up outside of the context of our friendship. But yeah, I, I think we kind of acknowledged it pretty quickly. And it was less like, what if it happens? And more so it's going to happen, right? We have no reason not to believe it's we believed it. And so we acted, I think that helped us spring into action a little bit more because we kind of skipped over that phase of like, oh, maybe we can just go along with our lives. And yeah, I, I think we were just like, yeah, it's happening. Let's, let's accept that. And, and let's make sure it is well spent. There's still, there's still a lot of crying, certainly. But. <laughs> <laughs> and did you ever think like dropping out of college and going all in in like this bucket list thing? Did you ever think like, this is crazy? Like, who am I to go and just yeah, drop I mean, everything for this thing. Yeah, that was in 2017. So, you know, over three years now, and I still think it was a terrible idea. <laughs> I mean, it was a risky idea, right? Like it paid off, but I was super fortunate. We were super fortunate, right? Like the odds were not in our favor, but random people made it in our favor by taking some action. And I've always been really appreciative of that. So yeah, no, it was crazy. 
all the time we would find ourselves, right? Like we would be in Austin, Texas. We're like, oh, wait, hold on, celebrity. We got to go talk to this person, this company who wants to fly us out to New Mexico. Give us a second. So ridiculous situations. Yeah, and, and I think part of it too was like, because it was so crazy, we kind of developed the attitude of like, our minds were just constantly being blown. And so once he went into his recovery, for us, it was like, this is such a once in a lifetime feeling. It would be awesome if we can do it for other people, I think. So like the craziness of it all is just another layer of the inspiration for like continuing to help people, if that makes sense. And these people now that you get to help, how do they reach out to you? How do they find you? So the, the first person that we started helping after my friend went through his treatment is a girl named Lexi. She was battling stage four sarcoma, which is a, another form of cancer. She, it was kind of a funny story. I saw a picture of her on Reddit. She had posted, basically it was her 21st birthday, but she was going through chemo treatment. So it was like her with a bunch of balloons in a hospital room. It really stood out to me, mainly because she had such a big smile. Also, her big bald head was kind of funny, which it's important to note, we have become very close friends since. So we, we make fun of each other about that kind of stuff. But I reached out to her and it was like this really awkward message where I'm like, hey, me and my friend just did this thing where we did a bucket list. Do you have a bucket list? And like, can we fly you out to California to start pursuing it? It sounded like a total weird message because I didn't know what I was asking. But luckily she was like, she responded. She was super nice, super excited. And the next thing you know, like a couple months later, we flew her out to get started on her bucket list. And, and for us, that kind of like confirmed that we wanted to keep helping people in a weird way. Cause it was like, it, this really weird idea, right? We like reached out to a stranger and asked them if they wanted to fly across the country to hang out with us. Like that's not normal, but it paid off. And we have, she's like one of my best friends now, you know, we've traveled the country together and and I was like, okay, th this is how it's going to work. As far as like other people we've been helping, it's not just cancer patients. It's kind of just anytime us or a member of our community identifies an interesting way to help people, we make it happen. So sometimes people reach out to us, but more often than not, it's kind of just finding things on the internet or really the big thing is like, going back to the experience with my friend, it happened because we were honestly kind of terrified, right? Like he was faced with a terminal condition. So that naturally caused a lot of stress. And it seems like now a lot of the things that we're working on kind of comes from the same place where it's things that kind of like freak us out, stress us out, depress us, things that are like typically make us feel not so good about the world. And I think Live for Another, the projects that we do are all about trying to like help ourselves get out, out of that mindset. It, it, so like a good example is, uh, you know, with the pandemic going on 2020, we were like, I was talking to my friends, we were like, what are we going to do for Halloween, right? Like what? Halloween doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it's not going to be the same, which naturally that carried a lot of just like fatigue and loneliness, right? And all the things we've been feeling in 2020 and on to this year as well. Our idea was like, what if we just embraced the fact that we're all isolated right now by building a giant candy catapult, like taller than we are and putting it on the back of the truck and bringing candy to kids, so no kids like reached out to us and said, Hey, can you launch candy to us? It was more so like, Hey, we have this feeling of, of desperation and discomfort. Let's use kindness. Let's use silliness to react to that and then put it together into a project and help other people kind of like with our solution to the discomfort. It's like really deep emotional stuff that I've spent a lot of time thinking about, <laughs> but that's the general gist. It's interesting how you're able to tie those deep emotional stuff to creating something kind and creating something creative out of it. 
because usually those two things don't go together, you know, they're usually not as distinct. Is there a way that you were able to translate that into something creative, something positive? I used to think that it was like some formula or something, but I kind of just realized that some people are like, you know, some people are good at soccer. Some people are good at baking. I'm terrible at both those things. I just happen to be good at like putting those things together, I guess. I don't know. I I really think that it comes from a place. uh, It's like, it's really weird to say, but it's like a coping mechanism in a way, right? Like some people they're, they're going through stuff. They go for a run and that's their thing. My thing is like, trying my best to look on the bright side but doing so in some warped dylan way (laughs) it's like maybe warp's not the right word but just like weird stuff right i never want to be normal i always want to like put a spin on it like even the candy idea was great a lot of people they did they had the awesome idea of like using shoots like a big tube to deliver candy it's like that's really cool that definitely finds a solution but it's a little too normal like, I, I want something that could explode. <laughs> like, I want something that might break because well, why not? You know, it could be funny if it does. So, yeah, it's just like a weird blend of all of our personalities coming together for just the randomest things. And a lot of the time our audience inspires it, too, with their ideas. And how do you come up with these creative ideas? Like, have you always been creative? Is your team very creative? Do you, look, do you seek out, like, creative people to help you come up with these ideas? I would say that everyone that, like, is helping me with this like everybody on the team they're a lot more like traditionally creative like if you gave me a blank piece of paper and all of the art materials in the world it would not end well for anybody who had to view the end result but all these other people like they're great at like you know they'll go out and take pictures and all these stuff they're like very traditionally creative which is great because it's kind of like they're good at kind of like working in the restraints of like they're more like normal creative But then I'm kind of just like that weirdo that's just like, yeah, what if we did, you know, what if we did this? And so it's like a good blend of different kinds of creative. Like they're like realistically creative. And I'm like, guys, what if we had $10 billion? We could do anything kind of creative. And so it's like this cool blend of, you know, they keep me in check. They tell me when an idea is stupid, but on the inverse, like we, yeah, it's just kind of a matter of like brainstorming stuff. And we failed plenty of times. Like we've had so many bad ideas. Um, (laughs) so I think it's just a matter of trying things and what's really important to me too I think if you look at some of our old videos there's a lot of plenty of stuff that didn't work and the reason that it didn't work wasn't because of like the actual idea failing but more so our reaction to the failure instead of kind of rolling with it and turning it into a new thing we kind of shut down a lot of those videos I've taken off our website because I'm really embarrassed by them but it's like oh that didn't work oh that sucks wow I'm so sad but now it's like oh that didn't work so what? Like, let's, let's find a way to, you know, failure is a part of life and, and failure is something that just makes acts of kindness even more special because if, you know, if it was easy to be kind to people, then the world would be a perfect place. But the truth is it's hard. So the failure is just like part of the game, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense either. <laughs> and can you go into some of those bad ideas that you took off of YouTube? Yeah. So, so at the time now with Lexi, we we've done a lot of really awesome stuff for her. We're kind of at the point now where it's like a bunch of big stuff. For example, she wants to meet a Marvel actor. Now there's a lot of ways that we could try and go about that. And we have probably tried the more standard ideas, but at one point, right when Avengers Endgame was coming out, we're like, you know what, let's try to sneak into the premiere and see if we can get like a video for Lexi, because that's the closest we're ever going to get. 
the the I think the biggest reason this idea was a failure is we came up with that idea the day before the premiere. <laughs> so like it was not planned well at all. Like we literally ran to the thrift store to buy, you know, like suits and stuff. And then we flew down there. I think we landed like an hour before the premiere. And because of that, there was just like a lot of chaos baked into the situation. I mean, it's stupid to just generally it's stupid to try to sneak into the biggest movie premiere of all time but we made it extra stupid by not giving ourselves a very comfortable timeline. So like at one point we went to the wrong screening place. Like we went to this convention center when actually it was at this other place across Los Angeles. And so we were just like kind of chaotic and stressed. Right. And so when we finally got there, we were in a situation where like we made it, we made it through security. We made it far enough to where there was basically like this cloth divider between ourselves and the actors but we were like, so just like, sort of like wired out of just like, oh my God, what is going on? So stressed out that we kind of just like broke down. And then we just like, we started just like dropping things. And it, it kind of seemed like we were just like, I think we looked like a security threat. I mean, granted we were trying to sneak in. So like, they probably should have kicked us out, but we were just like freaking out. And like, we were like going to a corner and be like, what do we do now? What do we do now? And it really made us stand out to the point where we didn't make it through to the actual red carpet. We were, we were kicked out simply because we, we were in over our heads. We, we aren't the kind of guys to sneak into a play. <laughs> like, we aren't the kind of guys to sneak into a premiere. But like we filmed all of this and you know now having all this experience, we would still turn that into a really fun video and be like, guys, look how stupid we are. We tried to help Lexi, it didn't work out, but like, who cares, it's a cool story. At the time, we were just like super disappointed that we made it so close. So the end of the video was us just like, oh man, we're so grumpy. And it's just, it wasn't quite as fun. Like we just got really upset because we failed instead of just embracing the failure. Yeah, that, that was a long story. <laughs> it was a very complicated situation. <laughs> do you think everyone should have a bucket list? And do you think they should start it sooner rather than later? That question reminds me of another point of failure. We, at one point, were trying to help other cancer patients and other people with terminal conditions. So we would reach out to them or their parents or something and send a message and be like, hey, we do this thing where we help people with their bucket list. Is there something that you dream of doing? Several different times we received responses where they were upset because bucket list sort of implies like this terminal end point. And so there are so many situations where we felt terrible, felt terrible because a mob might respond and be like, my kid's not dying please don't send those kind of things to me. And, you know, of course we're like, oh yeah, that sucks. So to answer your question, I think, I think like a bucket list has this weird connotation to it. And I think, you know, some people respond to that by calling it like a live list, right? Which I th personally think also has a connotation to it. It's too cheesy to me. I think it's more so just like, try your ideas out as they come to you, right? And if they happen to be a really big idea, then you could try that out too by just making smaller steps to get there. Right. Like if if you have the idea tomorrow of going to space, then try it. Right. Tr granted, you can't jump into outer space, but you can tr you can start looking into like joining the Air Force or becoming an app. Right. Like just kind of go with the flow, I guess. But in a way where you're keeping those goals in mind and don't like write them down because then there's this weird obligation to fulfill them. And then it becomes a chore. And so, yeah, I, I think everyone should have like these dreams and they should be weird and they should be big. But they also shouldn't be taken too seriously because you're never, I can tell you from experience, once you cross off 
50 or 100 or 150, you're always going to add just one more because there's always new stuff to try, right? So kind of putting it in a list is like a really weird way to sort of, the idea of a bucket list is to experience life. But as soon as you write it down, then it's like, I don't know, it's weird. And is there something that you're adding to your list or something that you haven't done that you would really like to do on your list? I, I think the biggest thing for me right now is making live for another, get to the point where I know it could be. And, and I think that is, I, I think sort of these kindness projects that we do and just sort of the mentality that we try to experience through live for another is something that would have really helped me when I was younger going through tough times. And, and so really my main goal is like bring it to a scale where it can continue to help people and kind of give them that perspective for people like me, for the people, you know, for the introverts that are weird and like, I hate the kind of like self-help books. I hate that kind of stuff because it always just, it sounds too easy. So I, I guess like my big thing is I think I've done a lot of activities, but now it's sort of, it's more psychological, I guess, or like community driven. It's like, I just really want to build something that I'm proud of and will like be a good legacy, I guess. Like we've done a lot of really cool stuff. I think other people should be able to experience that. And I think live for another will help them get there. I think it's all theoretical. <laughs> if there's something that you want people to take away from your videos and from love one another, what would it be? There's no right way to like experience things. The most common thing that we talk about is kindness with live for another and kindness to me has this really sort of Mr. Rogers vibe to it where it's like all happy and excited, but I think that's wrong. I think people think of kindness and, you know, assume it means donating $10,000 to a homeless shelter. But like the reality is there's always an opportunity to be kind. And even if you don't always take advantage of those opportunities and be kind all the time, that's okay, right? Like you just, just do it when you can. And I think that's the big takeaway is like, there's no right way to do things. Just keep, just keep your goals in mind and make sure that they aren't affecting other people and kind of just... Yeah, I don't know. Just just kind of hang out. Like you don't have to a lot of people claim they know how how things are done and how to be rich, how to be happy, how to get a girlfriend, but I've tried those lists and they don't work. <laughs> Everyone's different. Just just experience life in your own way and I hope live for another and the things I'm ranting about today will, you know, give you just a little piece of that puzzle. And maybe you try one thing out, it works, maybe another thing doesn't. Kind of just put those pieces together in a way where you feel like you figured life out. I still haven't done it, but <laughs> It's going to happen someday. <laughs> Can you go into buying the billboards and getting on the Ellen show? Did you guys get on the Ellen show? We have not yet gotten on the Ellen show. No. So that, that was for Lexi. She had a bucket list dream of being on a billboard. And so we thought we'd combine a couple bucket list items together. And so basically we bought as many billboards as we could across town. And then um, we just put her bucket list dreams on them. The big one being she would like to appear on Ellen. We wanted to try and combine them and, you know, maybe get enough awareness. But yeah, ha haven't heard a response yet. Every once in a while, I submit pictures <laughs> to the forum. <laughs> and for someone who wants to create a list of maybe some things they want to do, where would you advise them to start to create that list? Like inspiration like, for creating that list, that bucket list? I would say start small. I think it's really momentum-based. Like even for us, which are you know, we were very fortunate to be able to experience a lot of really cool stuff. Even they were driven by momentum. Like we started off small and then we went bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think that's really important because the reality is like, right, even being on Ellen, like that's something that we, 
we were on all the other network shows, but not Ellen. So if we would have started with Ellen, it would have kind of warped our perspective of how these things work. The reality is like, I think it's more about doing the things than like putting them on a list. If that, I don't know if that makes sense. So if you make them smaller, they're easier to achieve. And, and you kind of learn why the moments are special. You wouldn't learn that if you only dreamt big. And what was the smaller thing that you guys started off with? Um, one of them was to donate food to homeless people, which like, I guess that is kind of a big thing because that's like a hard thing to start. But the people that we donated to were people that we drive by every day. And so it was small in a sense of like, we could have done it any and every day of our existence. And it, it, that's what made it small, right? It didn't require like a whole bunch of money or time or anything like that. Like it, we could have done it the day before we did it. Other than that, it was like, what, <laughs> one of my favorite ones was for some reason we put on the list that we wanted to scream really loud in a quiet place. And for us, <laughs> we were actually in the middle of a news interview when during the interview, we, we noticed that like in this room next to us was like this big like community hall of a bunch of elderly people playing bingo. <laughs> and so it's very early in, in, in the journey. We were like, okay, yeah, we're, this is a bucket list item. You want to film us doing this? It was really awkward, but we walked in there and we screamed really loud. That was another small one that we could have done any day. I would recommend it. It feels good to scream. I think everyone could do that. We could do it right now while listening. And let's go into being honest in the internet. And can you go more into like what inspired you to be honest on the internet and maybe someone who's having trouble being honest on the internet, what advice you would give them? I think that before anything, I think it's important to like not be, be carefully honest, right? You never want to overshare and you never want to put yourself at risk because the reality is there's, there is a small amount of people that could use that information for, for, uh, silly things. But what I've learned is most people, a very large majority of people probably feel a similar feeling that you do. And by you being honest, you'll, you'll build a relationship there. And, and that's, that's kind of what I've, that's how I've learned. It's so important. Like, that's something that I consistently struggle with is like feeling like I'm like, I'm a part of like, like I, I feel like I, you know, I, like I don't have a lot of friends or I wish I had someone to hang out with on a certain night and like a lot of sort of like loneliness feelings to it. But you find that if you're honest, the internet's a great place because there's millions of people there and they're probably more likely to be the people that are feeling similar in my case, like isolated or lonely. Right. Cause that's just kind of what, who hangs out on the internet. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I th- I've seen how it can pay off. And so it inspires me to keep doing it. A really great example is we were helping Lexi with a bucket list dream of visiting a children's hospital. And at the time that that was happening, I was sort of like, I was going through a pretty big breakup. And so it was like this weird sensation where I was like, kind of, I was upset. I was sad. Right. But at the same time, like I was trying to help this cancer patient and at the same time trying to help these kids in the hospital. And so my initial thought was like, okay, this situation isn't something where like my, my feelings about how I'm feeling shouldn't be more than the feelings of Lexi or these kids in the hospital. But I kind of took a shot for it. And like in the video, the end product of this visit that we made, I kind of tied it all together in such a way where I explained like what you guys might not necessarily see is while I was going, like while we were here in this place and we had these beautiful moments with Lexi and these kids, like I was going through stuff, you know, here's what I was feeling. Here's why it matters. And I, and, and the idea was by being honest about that, it would communicate why that hospital visit was so important to me. Right. It was like, guys, I was feeling 
trash at that moment. But that smile there was genuine because it super helped me lift me out of that rut that I was in. And so I put that all together in a video, I published it. And then like tons of people really resonated with that. You know, it wasn't even breakups that they were, they were reaching out about. Some people called me like, dude, like, you know, I've just been feeling like my life is this, or, you know, things have been happening, but you helped me realize like there's beautiful moments, right. And, and things like that. And so I saw the payoff. I saw that I was really insecure about being honest and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But I did it and it really helped other people. And I think it really, it helped everybody, right? Because it was super flattering to me to hear that from someone and it helped them because they found inspiration. So I, th I think people should give it a shot where they're comfortable and the odds are they, there's a fair chance they will see the payoff. And in my experience, it's been really great. People are really awesome. Is there anything you think helped you get featured in all these media outlets? Or do you think like not trying and just being in alignment or something was what really helped you get there? Or did you intentionally do anything to help that? We definitely worked really, really hard. We, we worked hard to make, a, to make us as lucky as possible and then luck did the rest. And then with that luck, we worked really hard to like make sure it didn't go away. That, that's like a really cryptic way of saying it. But you know, if we got a news opportunity, we would make sure like mention our website so that people would go to our website and then it turns out they go to our website and they help us and it's all kind of just like, for us, it was a lot of just sort of riding the momentum, but doing so in a genuine way, right? Like we would be honest with people. We're like, it's amazing that we've done this, but we want to help other people. Maybe you can help us out kind of thing. Yeah, I think, I think the most important thing is honesty. I think that's what really resonated with people. And that's how the spark happened. And then we just got lucky from there. And, you know, maybe 5% of it was hard work. At the time, I thought it was all hard work. But the reality is we were just so fortunate, like super lucky. Um, but I, I think that being honest with people, we were honest about my friend dying. We were honest about Lexi's situation. We were, you know, we're always just trying to be honest with people because the truth is like, we're not better than them. <laughs> so it's like, we're just a couple dudes trying to do something cool. If you want to help us out, please do. We have some big dreams. We've done some cool things in the past. Yeah. And did you ever have a moment where it all felt really hard and you're like, is this crazy? Like, should maybe I should just give up on this. Do you ever have a moment like that? The good weeks are only a couple days a week. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, you know, like I mentioned, like something I just kind of default struggle with is like loneliness. When you're trying to create something that is this weird, right? Like right now we're trying to build the world's biggest trash can. It is 16,000 gallons. There's not a lot of people that you can talk to about the stress involved with building a giant trash can. It's a very isolating experience. So it kind of like, it, it introduces a lot of, it, it sort of reinforces just a lot of, you know, we all struggle with stuff. It happens to reinforce some of the things I struggle with, which definitely sometimes leads to moments of burnout where, you know, you're, you're looking at the budget required to build a giant trash can. And you're like, why, what am I doing with my life? Why don't I just go back to college and become like a programmer? You know, <laughs> like, why am I doing this? And, and I think I always remember why I'm doing it. It's just that sometimes it's, it, uh, you know, it, it seems overwhelming and I'm very fortunate to be able to keep trying. Like, I think I'm very privileged in that sense that I have the opportunity to keep trying. Uh, not all people will have that. So I also feel like there's a little bit of a responsibility where plenty of times I wanted to give up, but you know, there's so many nice people around me that keep me up or it's like, fine, I'll keep going for you. And then I feel better a week later and it all makes sense again. <laughs>
And what's something that most people don't know about you? That's a great question. I, I, I think because like the general idea of live for another is kindness. I think a lot of people assume I'm a better person than I am. I mean, not that I like punch babies or anything, but I, I just don't think I'm a very cynical person by nature. I mean, even my horrible jokes that I'm making here, like I, I'm not like, I'm, I didn't come out like a good person. It's really me trying to like, sometimes I just want to shake people and be like, I'm just trying my best. Okay. I'm like, it's yes. It, it, it's hard to describe. I guess basically like the, some people look up to me and I feel like I wish they understood a little bit more that that's not my default. Like it's really hard to get to that point. And what I'm trying to communicate is the difficulty of that struggle, but that the payoff is worth it kind of thing. Like it's hard to be nice to people sometimes. <laughs> and what's something you're really excited about right now? The biggest thing is our children's hospital road trip. Um, so like I mentioned at the beginning, my friend has constantly been struggling with cancer his first battle was in fifth grade. And that really meant a lot for me for a lot of reasons. Um, we spent a lot of time together in that hospital playing video games, especially. So fast forward to high school at that point, I was looking for volunteer opportunities to get into a good college, like most high school students do. And I, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do the normal stuff. I don't want to volunteer at a hospital or a homeless shelter. I want to do something that's unique to me and I can kind of have fun with it. So my friends and I, we created a, our sort of first kindness project in a way called Gamer's Gift. And the idea there was to bring video games to kids in the hospital. And so that's something I've been doing since high school. And I've been very fortunate to get a lot of praise for that. A lot of people, they'll reach out and be like, wow, that's amazing. You know, I wish I could do that. That's so cool. You're so awesome. And while I'm very flattered, it's another one of those situations where I just want to grab them and shake them and be like, you could do this too, kind of thing. You know, like anybody can visit a kid in the hospital. Well, maybe not these days, but most days you can visit a kid in the hospital and really, you know, I'm no more special than you, so you should give it a shot. In this video, in this project, the Children's Hospital Road Trip, we did exactly that. We asked members of our of our community to reach out to us if they wanted to visit a children's hospital. And ultimately what that meant was we showed up at their house and we met them for the first time, very much internet strangers. But then together, we walked into a children's hospital together and through, we did, took a whole big road trip. Every city we stopped in was people who had reached out, members of our community, and we just basically traveled across, across the country. We had 15 suitcases full of video game consoles. And for some reason, we tried to get it all done. We traveled like 20,000 miles in seven days. So it's a very interesting video because we lost a lot of sleep. The first night or the first day, we're all chipper. And we're like, yeah, we're going on a road trip. And then the last day, we're like, uh, here's your video games. Because <laughs> we were just so tired from traveling so much but I'm editing that together right now. We did that right before the pandemic started. And every time I sit down to edit that thing, it, it just gets me so excited because it's, it's, it's awesome. It's like a perfect representation of what I'm trying to do. It's like a bunch of people that don't know each other too well coming together to help other people. And there's a lot of like, because we try to do it in seven days, there's a lot of moments where it's like us really struggling to do it. But when it's all said and done, you really see the payoff of that struggle. Like we're working our butts off to try to help other people and it's worth it kind of thing. And I think it really ties all that stuff together really well. And it was lots of fun. So that's what I'm most excited about and the trash can, but. <laughs> and is there anything that you think really helped you build such an engaged community? I think it's luck. Like. I don't know. There, there's tons of things I'm thankful for. Sometimes people ask me like, oh, here's your, you know, who's a hero to you or something like that. And I, I think everyone did their part. Like 
I'm just amazed that there's people that want to watch me ramble on about the things that I rambled about. Um, I'm amazed that like people care about that kind of stuff. And so, you know, there's a lot of praise to go to them for like being a part of this, continuing to support us. We've been kind of radio silent for a while, but yet they are still there to show their support. You know, there's my parents for not like disowning me when I said I was dropping out of college. (laughs) There's my girlfriend who's a sweetheart, you know, just does so much for me. Like, I, I, I think there's so many different people, so many different cir- circumstances that brought us to this point. I, I wish I had like a formula or something, but it's, it's, it's just a lot of luck. And I think it does stem from being honest. I think it's cause, cause the truth is like, we're friends, right. With our audience, like we're honest with them. They're honest with us. We're all kind of a part of this thing together. We just happen to be in front of the camera. And talk to me about being an introvert, but you're still constantly putting yourself out there for like media, for like podcast interviews, for like being the face of um, a community. Tell me about how you balance being an introvert with putting yourself out there all the time. Yeah, I, I think for me personally, there's like things that are really hard for me and things that are easier for me. You know, if like, let's say we were in a room together, right? And it was, I don't know, like a a mixer or something, right? I would not be talking this much. <laughs> but like the fact that, you know, I submitted an email and then you like accepted the request and then we scheduled it. It was like, it's more of like a, it's like an arrangement, like a formal, like, okay, this is happening. So it's my, it's way easier for me to, to be able to do things like that. So I don't think it's like, I would love to say like, oh, I'm really pushing myself here to do this. But like something like this is so much easier. I don't know why. But yeah, there's plenty of times where things don't work out because it involves being terrified. Like even that sneaking into the premiere thing, I think that was one of those examples, right? Like I had to walk up to someone and be like, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. It didn't work out. They probably noticed that I was an introvert trying to pretend like I belong at a premiere. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's just some things are easier, some things aren't. And what's something you're learning right now? Uh, I guess there's a specific technical thing I'm learning right now. The first thing that come to my mind in that hospital road trip video, because we lost a lot of sleep, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. Like us filming something we thought was funny at the time because we were awake at 4 a.m. driving from New York to Baltimore. But like, it doesn't make any sense for people. So I'm trying to learn how to like some editing techniques to try to like communicate what we were feeling at the time in such a way where it makes sense to someone who's not crazy watching at home. Yeah, I don't know. That was the first thing that came to mind. It's just like editing skills, constantly learning those. And if you were to go back in time and talk to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell him? You're kind of a butthead right now, I think would be the first thing. I, I, you know, that was right at the point where like all of this start, stuff started happening. And, and I very much thought that being weird meant I was better than other people. And so I was still kind of like, I, I was taking another, I was finishing the semester before I dropped out of college. And so there was a lot of like, nah, this is stupid, you know, kind of like, I should be, I should be having breakfast with Danny DeVito right now. Why am I in this class kind of stuff? And it made me really angry and it made me feel like, and I think that kind of blended with the introvertedness. So, you know, I wouldn't go to like club meetings or I wouldn't go to like parties or anything like that. Cause I'm like, ah, I don't need you. I'm doing this. But really what I learned now since then is I was just, I was, I was nervous. Like I didn't want to go to those things because talking to strangers is terrifying. And I was using like, oh, I'm busy as an excuse to face the reality of the situation. So if I talked to to my previous self, I'd kind of slap them around and be like, dude, get over your fears. 
these people are awesome, you know, and stop pretending like you're too busy to, to do the normal things because normal things are awesome. Just like the weird stuff is awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Where can people connect with you online? Liveforanother.com. It's got everything, all the good links. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.